Welcome to Community Connecting Through Conversations with Crystal and Esme. Brought to you by the South Omaha Community Care Council and the Omaha Community Foundation. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Community Connecting Through Conversation. It's your host, Esmeralda. Esme, I have different names, I guess. Um, and I am here with our guest, Pat O'Hanlon. Pat, do you- is, is that your full name, or is it Patrick Pat? Uh, Patrick Michael O'Hanlon, but people call me Pato. Okay, yes. That's how I first, I, I was like, who's that guy everyone keeps calling him? Pato, Pato. yeah, Like confused. a duck. <laughs> I was like, I was an intern at One World, and I was like, well, who everybody, who's a duck guy? But And then I realized his name was Pat, and Pat I was O'Hanlon. like, I want to know this guy. It came from the band, because the band was Pat O in the show, so everybody knew me in English as Pato. Hey, Pato. And I became yes. Pato over 20 years. Yeah, so that's how I met you, through One World, but now we are here with something else on Communities Connecting Through Conversation um, with South Omaha Community Care Council. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, your history, just kind of coming into this, um, what would you call this, like, nonprofit medical kind of it's yep. a good, good consortium. I, don't know. I know. Um, I, I probably started, it's been 15 years ago. Um, I became an outreach nurse for One World. I'd been working at One World for uh, 20 years ago, but did five years in the trenches with Dr. Detlefs and Dr. Huber. And uh, then I ch- changed over to a new job of being outreach nurse and STD nurse. Uh, so South Omaha Community Council was a natural extension as an outreach nurse in the community to get contacts with anybody and everybody in the community that wanted to work on projects together. So it's been about 15 years now. Are you a native of Omaha? Born and raised. Really? Yeah. Where did you graduate? Montgomery High School. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm a big oh, Catholic boy, as I was telling him. Oh, Eli. are you? My niece right now is at St. Cecilia's, and she oh, loves Oh, that's it, where my so. daughter went. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, they had a lovely band concert recently. So. Oh. so tell us your current role with SOCCC. It continues to be outreach nurse, but it's one of those roles that, as in many organizations, it evolves and forms into whatever's necessary at the time. Um, I work for my CEO, Andrea Skolkin, who has led One World uh, into from 20 years ago from 40 employees up to 540 employees now. Uh, and a lot of times there's like meetings she can't go to. Uh, so she needs somebody to represent One World on behalf of her. And that's uh, what I do at a lot of the meetings. Uh, as an outreach nurse, I do a lot of uh, vaccines in the community, a lot of health fairs, a lot of just helping uh, people with small tasks, whether it's somebody at Stevens Center that needs a little help getting medications or a refugee that Lutheran Family Services brought to my attention, also need medications or some challenges in health and where we can refer them to and get them into. So it's a it's a very developing role and ongoing and evolving and uh, not a stagnant position to be in. Yeah. So, and right now um, you're kind of an advisor for South Omaha Community Care. Yeah. Council. There was a couple of years back. We had a couple of really neat, really good board members that were kind of um, timing out basically. And we felt that like we really could use kind of their wisdom because we had a bunch of new newer board members that just kind of had not had much experience. So they wrote into the bylaws that uh, past board members could come in and attend uh, just as an advisory role. They, we don't vote or anything, but it's just for the sake of continuity. And that's kind of my role a lot of times. Is I, I don't come up with any new ideas or anything. I just, while people are coming up with ideas, I remind them of what has been tried in the past, what has failed, what has worked, and things like that. Just give it a sense of continuity and a sense of historical perspective. What are some, um, you mentioned health fairs and um, outreach with uh, vaccination uh, tell me about how that kind of came to fruition and how that 
works out. Well, the, uh, back in the old days, the health committee, all it really did when I started 15 years ago was one health fair called the Binational Health Week, which was sponsored by the Mexican consulate, uh, but then taken up by the South Army Committee Care Council Health uh, Committee. And that was pretty much all they did at the beginning was just plan this one. And we still do it every year. It's in October. still have a lot of different health fairs, and it morphed, obviously, into uh, different events during COVID time. I was going to say, how uh, did yeah. that change? Well, what we did uh, the first, we just, uh, we did like a drive-through flu shack clinic. So we okay. borrowed mm-hmm. uh, Metro South's uh, Nebraska test site and just used their tent. They let us borrow it, and we just did like flu shack clinics, just simplified. Uh, and there's other uh, clinic, um, health fairs we do. We got the Mayan Health Fair coming up on February 26th. That's in cooperation with the Create Medical Students and other people in the community. Uh, Tell me more about that. Huh? Tell me more about that. Well, and it hasn't happened for two years because of that. That's a Creighton Medical uh, Students, but it's actually joined by Methodist nursing students, uh, pharmacy students from Creighton, uh, One World Hosted on our first two floors, and specifically targeted toward the Mayan uh, population. We bring in Conjobal interpreters. We work with Luis Marcos with the Mayan community, Mm -hmm. and uh, he helps uh, represent them in trying to find out what screening needs and what what stuff we can do for their population to help them. And it's really a, a... Really a blessing because our medical director, Dr. McVeigh, is very involved in it. She does a lot of her own personal time going down to Guatemala, working with the indigenous in the mountains. Uh, So she has a strong connection with this community and gives them a chance to reconnect and uh, just remind us that this community exists and uh, sometimes uh, can be overlooked. What date is that? February February 26th. It's a Saturday, 9 to 1 o'clock at One World on the first two floors, first three floors, because there'll be some dental uh, screenings offered too on the third floor. That's That's exciting. Oh my gosh. I love that building. Mm, agreed. Um, so you've talked a little bit about the health committee. Um, what vision do you have for the health committee going into this next year? Um, t- my vision is to try to figure out the role of the health committee. Right now, everybody is, uh, um, everybody is kind of doing all their different things, and uh, I don't know what what the role is. Quite honestly, so my vision, uh, to be mm-hmm. blunt, uh, I'm. My vision is to try to find some partners in the healthcare committee that can help me establish a vision and then probably get some new life into it uh, just because I've been doing it for quite a long time. And uh, sometimes it's good to get some young new people like you yourself as me coming along and just moving things. And so we'll see. I don't have a specific vision right now. Though. Thank you. Yeah. Um, tell us about your partnership with Methodist. Uh, Mike told us a little bit in our um episode called president's report uh, oh yeah let me hear your side this is well this started back with bridget rolling was the outreach nurse for methodist and we always had a great cooperation where uh basically she would they would buy the flu shots and we could go out and give them in different communities but they'd be very targeted for example the flu shots i got this year from mike i, I went to such diverse places as daycares uh, for mm-hmm. all their employees uh stevens center uh, clients and staff uh places like together inc uh, okay. uh, places like completely kids uh, all these places where people are doing good work and just kind of make it a little easier for them to get their flu shots in healthcare. So it's uh, been a real blessing being uh, connected with Methodists. They're very generous. Okay. Um, Pat, I know recently, too, you've um, spoken to me personally about um, the importance of mental health. Do you see that as something the health committee can kind of... Well, um, yeah, it, yeah, you're a therapist, aren't you? That's right. <laughs> Let's get into this, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. You know, uh, without a doubt, I think I, I've always felt kind of 
um, strange during this COVID time because I've seen a lot of people go through some very t- painful times. Isolation. Isolation. Sickness. Is I, yeah. I, not sure if it's, it's affected me as harshly, and I feel kind of maybe <clears throat> guilty about that, which sounds strange. Uh, but I'm sure it's affected me more than I realize, and in ways I don't realize mm. uh, with the isolation and all. Uh, but there's definitely real problems for people out there that uh, are being affected deeper, and and again, in ways they probably don't even realize how much it's affected. They think they're coping, but they just don't have an accurate sense of where they're at. And perhaps there could be some uh, mental health would be very appropriate in this time instead of just talking about COVID all the time. It's really how we're responding to COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some consequences yeah. that we're still seeing. Um, I know at One World, they have um, kind of a department that addresses the need. Tell me. We have a psych department, that. and normally it's uh, done by the, what they call kind of a warm handoff. So anytime yes. somebody goes in and they have an appointment, an adult or a child, they'll do a kind of a questionnaire, which is a risk questionnaire for, for kids. It could be anything from riding a bike without without a helmet to are they having sex and all that kind of thing or feeling <laughs> depression uh and risk factors that for adults they have similar ones with they check and notice for depression and stuff and try and then they have a therapist come in and the warm hand up they kind of sit and talk to them assess whether it's a deeper issue or just a temporary you know sadness they're feeling are they going into a deep depression and how much is obviously uh difficulty of where they're at in their life because they've been uprooted from their home country and now they're trying to adapt to a new world where they're maybe not uh feeling like they're fitting in and not uh, uh, connecting as well as they did in their home country. So there's a lot of reasons for depression. And as you can imagine, we talked about seasonal affective disorder, such an important thing in Omaha, Nebraska, especially. Mm-hmm. So I'm born and raised to it. I know when I get to January and February, that's when uh, I just... Uh, get antsy? I just, you know, it's just that depressed. It's like that Monday you come home and it's dark at 5 o'clock and you just don't mm-hmm. have anything to look forward to. So I do tricks of the trade to keep me going. And one of them is to uh, leave. <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> what do you do from the um, head registered nurse? As I met you, I remember I'm like, who's that? The, the duck, the, pa- the duck. pato guy that is the head registered nurse at one world. What is, what do you do for that seasonal depression or even now after COVID? Uh, well, I always remind people, uh, and I don't do very well at this because I'm not very just, but just physical exercise and uh, uh, just walking on a treadmill isn't enough for me. I need to do like a bike or something where I'm sweating, where I'm struggling, and I feel like I accomplished something and get some energy out of my system, and I think that's really important. But I do also try to, I tell people, if you're going to go on vacation, spend money. It's Your money's more well spent on a January or February because mm. you're, you're doing two things. You're going on vacation, and then you're just not being here. A lot of times I'll come back. The last year I was able to go for three weeks to Southern California. <laughs> I came back and everyone was all depressed. I'm like, I was feeling what's, fine. <laughs> I was, came back and you're like, what's, what are you guys all depressed about? What's going on? I remember why I left. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love Omaha. I just, it's healthy Definitely. to get out. Yeah. Uh, you get all the seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. What has been, um, I guess, what has been your favorite part about being involved in the South Omaha Community Care Council? You know, just uh, staying, con- I like being connected with people, and it really is, uh, Mike and I have always called it the warehouse of connections, but for me, it's also a personal thing, because I see people that I've, I've known for 15 years, and when I see someone like Gina Ponce or these people, I'm like, wow, I've, and stay real connected, and the bottom line is, if you're someone that's coming to South Omaha Community Care Council meetings, there's something already pretty cool about you. <laughs> you know, you're already doing some sort of work that uh, I know that. May, gives you multi-level uh, parts of you. You know, there's just some exceptional people there that are just kind of motivating. From everywhere. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's really a, a very, that's what I like is the diversity of the group and all coming together and over the years continuing to come together. Um, yeah. Awesome. Are, are you hoping to stay involved um, 
like how, what do you see for your future? Well, the jo- the joke for me is that I'm never going away because okay. I'm the old timer. Phew. I uh, I'm on the board. <laughs> as long as they uh, <laughs> uh, don't feel a need to uh, ask me to leave, <laughs> I love being a part of it. I my favorite role is personally is hosting at the lunch and just really making sure everybody's comfortable. Uh, I love pouring their waters, a sense of service, uh, cleaning up their plates for them afterwards. It's just a a neat kind of uh, symbolic form of service that I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'll let me be the busboy mm-hmm. on and on. Oh, that's one of my favorite parts personally. And I'm sure <laughs> everyone who comes, they're like, wait, who's that? And then you update on the health committee. Yeah. Um, in regards to your work with One World, how do you see yourself <laughs> continuing to partner with South Omaha Community Care Council? Well, it depends on what's coming down the pike, quite honestly. Uh, just supporting any adventures. Right now, you guys are just kind of on fire. The board is really doing some moving and some shaking. So it's <laughs> I see myself in a support role, and whatever's needed of me, uh, let me know. I'd like to be a part of it. Because, again, I think we gotta, we've always had some good board members, but right now there's just some good electricity going on, some uh, get-or-done attitudes that's uh, showing itself to be rather worthy. That's awesome. That's yeah. Yeah, it's Maybe, you know, that seasonal depression making us do something. <laughs> um, dive into our work. Um, so kind of, um, I guess, looking into future episodes that we might have, what do you think about coming back and giving us a little yeah. bit? Maybe we dove just a little bit into, like, that mental health piece, which is still, you know, falls under that health committee. So maybe coming back and talking a little bit more about that love to i'd also well even coming here today i was kind of aware of my shortcomings of one world is so large now we offer so much that i don't even know if i can keep touch with all the things that we do now so what i'd really like to do is maybe hook uh hook you guys up with people that even know more about one world than me Mm. specifically we got uh, a kelly who's the head of our psych department might be a good person Mm. to come talk to that sounds exciting i i Hope she'd be well. I know in her she'd be quite willing to do it. We just have to set that up. But okay. I think that would be really Kelly Dorfmeyer is a wonderful woman. She's been head of our psych, and we should talk about that maybe more in the details of how people get into our psych program mm-hmm. at One World because I've I've just been away from that a little too long to know the practical ways other than you get referred by a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but she could really answer a lot of questions. Okay. Okay. Well, I still want to hear about your trips, and I think everybody else <laughs> wants to hear about them too. So we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. Sure. Um, any final um, words, kind of, to our uh, listeners um, about the health committee? I know you talked about you were looking for partners. Um, how can people get involved? Yeah, if anybody wants to contact me or let me know, uh, I'm I'm at One World or come to one of the meetings. Connect with me, uh, please, please, Pat O'Hanlon. It's uh, my email is pohanlon at oneworldomaha.org, pohanlon at oneworldomaha.org. And uh, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear from somebody. If you got ideas, let's go. I, I uh, It'd be good to be in a partnership with some other people and get a movement going and decide what direction we want to take this healthcare committee. So I'm definitely looking for some uh, co-chairs of the committee, uh, somebody with some ideas, somebody with some life force, and let's do this. Um, is is that how they can get involved with Binational Health Week and the health? That's right. They can go through me. Okay. Yeah, when, contact me. When are those looking, um, like, what's the date for? Binational, we just had in October. Okay. Uh, so it'll begin again next October, assuming, you know, we'll see where we're at with the whole COVID thing. Uh, but, yeah, every October. And that's through the Mexican Council, like I say, but also through the South Omaha Community Council Health Care Committee. Um, there. And that has its own committees, too. <laughs> committee. 
in a committee, a committee, committee inception. Of a committee. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> what are those committees? Um, I'm not sure uh, of what the subcommittees are. Okay. Uh, Do you think it'll still be kind of like drive through the, or will it be back in was it at the livestock? Well, we're going to try the mine okay. healthcare at the livestock building on February okay. 26th. We'll kind of see as we okay. get closer. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. reducing the amount of people and services offering, and some of the services that are just informational, we're kind of cutting out. Just have less people, less traffic. Okay. Uh, people with the Omicron going up, it's been kind of challenging. But we'll be giving uh, COVID vaccines during that. Uh, too. And that's something we're doing really big right now is uh, home visits and COVID vaccines and mm-hmm. going to p- different places uh, and giving people COVID vaccine that want it. I've heard about those. How can people get those those services at their You house? can call uh, One World Community Health Centers and tell them you're interested in getting a home visit. It's particularly for people that are maybe elderly or difficult getting out of their home or just afraid to leave their home. We'll actually, uh, you can call 402-734-4110. Again, that's 402 734 Four one one zero. It's also the main number to One World. Tell them you're interested in uh, registering for a home visit, and they can set you up and make an appointment. And someone will come to your home, give you the vaccine, and it's nice and easy. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so is it testing, too? No, we don't do home testing. Okay, no, so no. the vaccination. Just okay. the vaccination. Awesome. Okay, That's good right. to know. And they'll even throw in a flu shot if you want one while they're there. Yeah, yeah, let them know. Um, well, that was that was fun that was a lot of information uh so you have the mayan health fair going on february 26 9 to 1 uh at one world floors one through three do you have to register rsvp no you can just show up okay and it is uh, translators will be directed toward the mayan community yes so pat something that i've been wondering since the beginning um since i met you my since my uh, bachelor's level practice was like how did he get involved in one world so i know you're a native how did you say, I want to go there? I mean, essentially, we do everything. <laughs> I mean, it's a one stop it, it, shop. It is. It's, and I didn't mean that like in a cocky way. It was kind of a from diabetes to tuberculosis to childcare to women's health to to dental to referrals quick for surgeries, clinic. quick sick clinic if you an appointment that day. So it is a really wide across the board um, a, a amount of services. Basically, uh, the number one health provider in South Omaha is One World. And you guys have extended up to north a little bit on North 90th. You guys have We've got one on North 90th. We've got one out at 120th near F or I, something like that. We've got one down in Bellevue, one in Cass County. Uh, yeah, we're just moving along. It's funny, when we first named the place, we, they called it One World Community Health Centers. And I didn't know why they added the S because we were singular at the time. So I guess somebody had a better vision than I did. Oh, wow. I never even realized if I was saying centers. Yeah. Centers. <laughs> hmm. Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> One World was created back in the 70s. It was actually originally called Indian Chicano. And talk about dated terms. Um, <laughs> and then it morphed into uh, about nine, 20 years ago when I joined. They changed the name right then uh, into One World Community Health Centers. And it came from serving a uh, need of underserved populations, obviously in South Omaha. Uh, there's a lot of people that need health care. They work hard during the day, work hard for a living, but they don't get health care with their jobs. So somebody has to be there for them. And uh, um, basically, we started as that, just very small, very small, like I say. And 20 years ago, when I got on board, we still were about 40 employees, which is kind of pretty good size, I guess. Went a little strip mall there over on 36 and Q. And uh, 
Then it just kept going on to serve this need because as you can imagine, as the population grew and 75% of our clients speak Spanish, so are Hispanic in nature and live in the community that we serve. And what's really nice is we're a very trusted source. Uh, we've earned the community's trust over the years as knowing that we're a safe place that people can go to. And we only care about serving the people and the best we can do for them. And that's, that's what our mission is about. Because again, these are people that are working hard, but are a little disenfranchised from society. They're not uh, getting all the benefits, even though they're working as hard and harder than anybody else around them. No, my aunt still calls it. Um, in Chicano. Ah, oh, yeah, I heard that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that's over 20 years ago. So really? if you hear somebody say yeah, that, you go, there. 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 <laughs> um, and I know she prefers it. And um, lots of my family members do. Oh, that's um, good. Tell me about, like, they have a sliding fee scale. Sliding so. fee. Oh, excellent question. Of course, sliding ski fail. Uh, sliding ski fee scale. Your mind is in the Like, you're still you're still snowboarding. I really don't want to use my mouth today. <laughs> sliding fee scale, which is basically you bring in check stubs for a month and they'll put you on a scale based on how much or how little you earn. Sliding scale, uh, A is it the lowest, and then it goes down from there. And you so you pay accordingly. So I believe this has changed over the years. I believe it's still $35 for a doctor's visit. That might have changed. Uh, so it still costs money. It's not a free clinic, uh, but for someone you couldn't pay, then they, a social worker works with you uh, and other referral programs will work with you. One thing that's amazing is once you're in the system of one world, you got a lot of referral options that once you're in with us, it's easier than for you to get your medications because at our pharmacy, we have a lot of specially priced medications or medication assistance programs for you that, uh, you know, it's great going to see a doctor, but if you can't afford your medication, then what good is that? So the fact that the pharmacy is right there, that if for some reason you uh, are having trouble paying for it, we'll enlist you in this medication aid program and make it affordable, where sometimes you're paying maybe $10, $20 a month for your medications, which is uh, far more affordable. Also, it works in referral systems. If you got in there and you maybe needed a specialist and you were uninsured, we work with different hospitals throughout the town, and certain places will uh, do certain surgeries and stuff, either cheaper or for free, based on need and what their ability is to help us. So that's why it's important to get in with us. There's unfortunately always some limitations at some point where some people come to us and there's just nothing within our system that's built to assist them with what they need. And uh, at that point, you just go around begging. Mm. And One World has a whole patient kind of support um, staff department, right? Where like enrollment with uh, yeah. the marketplace. Yeah, they do all that. That's an excellent point. I mean, yeah, we got a whole marketplace area that's head by Teresa Chavez. She's the boss over there, helping people get in on insurance, giving advice on what to pick, what to choose and stuff like that. And a lot of other kind of like, uh, how can you say uh, small little areas where they can try to help you and get you uh, hooked up with different programs or sign you up with referrals as needed. What types of referrals? Oh, anything. Well, you know, if you need a urologist, if you need a... Um, you know, whatever, whatever might be needed, whatever is available. So, Pat, tell me, Hello, uh, what brought you to One World Community Health? Oh, um, there's kind of a couple things there. Uh, I always knew I was interested. I'd, I learned Spanish and traveled in Central America and Mexico back in the 80s and always felt that somewhere Spanish would be a part of my life. And uh, and now it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's always been kind of a, a neat thing for me to uh, go outside of my culture, my comfort zone, and, and go into another culture and comfort zone. That's I find it uh, rather selfishly thrilling. Um, I really enjoy it uh, a lot. I think I also enjoyed working for the underserved, or as I've said more than once to, in our employee orientation, when I tell new employees, I say, look, I was 
born white, male, middle class in the United States of America from, from birth, I was given every advantage over anybody else on this planet. And I'm not thinking I'm making a big difference, but at least on my deathbed, maybe I didn't just take the whole time I was here. Well, I have just seen you do so much, and I'm just so glad to know you, and I'm just like, wow. You know, like the wealth of information and that influence in the community, you know, that that you make and just in your advising role on the council. Thank you. Doing a lot. So um, what changes have you seen in the community since? We're getting bigger. World. <laughs> <laughs> and people keep coming. Uh, There's yes, more and more. That's true. You know, you, you get more resources to meet the needs and then the needs keep <laughs> rising ahead of you yeah. and trying to catch up with it. So I think the... Uh, the changes is just always trying to keep up with the with the need. There's physical changes to the geographically even to the community I've seen. Oh yeah, so. yeah. It's an interesting thing. See things come along. Um, well, we, you know, we we got all these meatpacking plants around us. Those are probably pretty much the same where a lot of the refugees and immigrants are working at. So that makeup is very much a part of what makes South O. South O is the meatpacking and the uh, the difficult jobs that these immigrants and refugees do to produce our meat for us. Um, it's part of the community now it's made up. Well, well um, that just even more calls upon the work that one world does. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in their partnership with SOCCC. So um, again, thanks so much. Thank for you. We love being a part of SOCCC. Yeah, and even right now just sharing. So um, we'll stay tuned for the work, wonderful work of the health committee and yeah. one world to get on. <laughs> and the committees within the committees. Let's not forget about them. So we'll talk soon, Pat. Thank you, Esme. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Community Connecting through conversations with Crystal and Esme. Brought to you by the South Omaha Community Care Council and the Omaha Community Foundation.